Welcome to the Dear Rochester Retire Well Podcast with David Pulsini from Six Point Financial Partners. In this podcast, find your path towards a brighter financial future with David as your guide as he helps individuals, educators, and healthcare professionals explore ways they can build wealth while minimizing risk using a multifaceted, comprehensive approach to personal finance. Are you ready to take the first step towards a brighter financial tomorrow? Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Neil Lyons. Neil was a guest on episode 32, right, Neil? So episode 32, Neil is an attorney and his practice area is estate planning, probate and trust administration, guardianship, and unlawful detainer, among some other things. We'll have to get into what all that stuff means, Neil, Neil, but how are you today, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Dave? All right. Today's topic is powers of attorney, which we get a lot of questions about. And I wanted to bring on a more qualified person to talk about it than myself. So again, folks, we have Neil with us. Neil, give us what is, if generally, what is a power of attorney? So on the general side of things, powers of attorneys are a written document whereby you give somebody uh, a principal, the person who is executing the document gives an agent the authority to act on the principal's behalf. It basically creates... A, a written guideline of an agency relationship, right? So you are our principal and you need, and you think that one day um, you might be on a trip in Europe and you may need to, to sell something, some stocks or, or whatever, but you don't have access to, to you know, an electronic device that allows you to do it. You may be able to appoint an agent through a power of attorney to make those, those, okay. uh, those transactions for you. Okay. So, can you, you use me and my wife as an example? So the sure. listeners are, they can put this together because principals, agents, Neil, you're a smart guy and an attorney. So I, I don't want to confuse everybody right away. So use, use Dave and Allison. Sure. So let's, <laughs> let's just say, let's just say Allison yep. wanted to uh, give David the ability to, to sell a house um, on her behalf in, in the unlikely scenario that the two of you would own separate property. But let's just say Allison decided to be a daytime investor in real estate and she would <laughs> give you David. So Allison would be the principal. David would be the agent. She would give David the ability to execute a real estate contract on her behalf, to sell the property on her behalf. And depending on how much involvement you have in that transaction, it could be anywhere from accepting the offer, which is the prize, to executing the listing agreement, executing the as-is contract, all the way up to the closing documents. You could do that for on Allison's behalf for her. It could be pretty much the entire transaction, and she may never even know about it. But the whole point is that you're able to do it for her, right? Of course, you have to do it in what we call a fiduciary capacity, you know, yeah, in yeah. Allison's best interest, yeah. but uh, that's, that's essentially what it is. Who, who enforces that, Neil? Like we, we also have a fiduciary standard as CFPs for most of us at our, at our firm, and we act in a fiduciary capacity for our clients and to our clients. Who enforces that in a legal world? And the, the follow-up to that is then I'd love to hear the answer. What if I thought it was the best idea, but somebody else disagrees? Well, that's a, that's a really, really good question. Okay. <laughs> so in, in certain states probably have statutes, Florida is one of those that does, and there's other states that allows you to, to basically bring an agent into court if their actions um, meet certain criteria. If they, if they don't, if they're, if they're conducting actions in a way that's not in the best interest of the principal, 
they can they can certainly be brought into court and, and a court can review those actions. Unfortunately, there's not like, you know, there's not a government agency like you all have as, as you know, um, licensed. Yeah, we have FINRA. Yeah, fin- you name it. Yep. You got them all, yep. right? All we really have is a court system and somebody, and, and I have to admit, somebody's statutes on what they call agent oversight are a little weak. There's not tons of teeth to them. And there's a lot of deference given to agents because you want, if you think about it, you want an agent to be able to to act as, as much as possible, right? I mean, that's the whole point of doing it, uh, of, of naming an agent. But again, you know, if it, it's, it's one thing to be upset because, you know, you sold a piece of property for Allison when maybe she didn't want you to sell it, right? It's quite another for you to have sold it at a fire sale price for no reason. Okay? Right. That's where right. you're going to run into a problem. And luckily in this case, she's your wife. So maybe she won't be that angry with you, Dave, who knows, you know, but then again, I mean, <laughs> Then again, who knows, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, 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 there are statutes that allow you to, that allow a court to review an agent's conduct if, you, if, if an agent um, does act questionably in a questionable manner. Okay, I got it. So bringing this back to some more basic financial planning stuff, what powers or po- you mentioned powers of attorney, and I know this, but I want the listeners to know this. I mean, there are several different kinds of powers of attorney. We are typically dealing with a financial power of attorney. And especially as our population gets older, right? And their their kids, their adult children are taking care of a lot of folks and we need to get powers of attorney. So can you jump into that a little bit and then explain maybe different, explain the financial power of attorney first, and then maybe some other kinds if you could. So... Financial powers of attorney are 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 so called because it's it's going to give an agent, um, the person that you name to be able to act on your behalf. It's going to give them control over a bulk of your property, essentially all of it, right? So, yep. what property are we talking about? Real property, investments, various financial matters. If you own a business, it allows them to enter into contracts on your behalf. It allows them to potentially file suit on your behalf. Um, it allows them to deal with government benefits, file taxes on your behalf, you know, deal with some tangible personal property. It, it's, it's almost anything under the sun that's considered property, that's considered having to do with, or, or even then having to do with finances. So okay. on, the, on the other hand, you, know, you have what's known as a healthcare power of attorney. They can be called healthcare surrogate designations. That, that's the ability for you to make reasonable healthcare, excuse me, informed healthcare decisions on behalf of another person if they can't make those decisions themselves. Okay. Yeah, we, I mean, we run into a lot of folks, again, that are in their 50s, 60s, some in their 70s, that their parents are still around, and now they're getting to the point where they can't make these decisions. So, one, I mean, one quick action item, if you're listening, is if you don't have this, I should say, make sure that people are taken care of or that you have the proper authority to help the folks out that are going to need help. Because we run into it too many times, and we, I, I want to hear some horror stories from you, Neil. I've seen it a hundred times where no, they, there's plenty. Yeah, I know where they didn't have a power of attorney or they couldn't execute and somebody was unable to make decisions due to incapacity or, or illness or whatever it might be. Um, but let me ask you this because I do get this question all the time. So I'll, I'll say it is if this is a recent question I had from a client, I'm Dave, I'm 60 years old. My mom is going into a home. She's no longer able to sign anything. Can I go get power of attorney over her? Or that's can I go fan. get power of attorney over anybody? That's a very fan. That's a, that's that's one of the most common questions I get from people calling calling my office asking me, "Hey, I want to get power of attorney over my mom. Or I want to get power of attorney over my dad." And the short answer is absolutely not. 
the only per there's only one person in the world that can grant you the ability to act on their behalf. And that is the principal. That's it. You know, usually what people are talking about in that specific case where they say, okay, I want to get power of attorney over my mom or my dad or any various individual, they're usually looking, they're really talking about some form of court, court instituted or court initiated guardianship, yeah. right? That's, that's where that, that's really what they're talking about in that situation. And let me, if I might go back to that situation where you were talking about with you and Allison, where you might act on Allison's behalf. I think it's important for the audience to understand a lot of times when these powers, when, when an agent, the person that's given the authority when they're acting, it's typically not when the principal was able to act themselves. The agent's actions are usually going to be when the principal is, is incapacitated. That's going to be the vast majority of the time. Yep. There's exceptions. There's absolutely exceptions. But the vast majority of the time, the agent is going to, as they say, earn their money when that principal is incapacitated. That is the point of appointing. Of the, that is the whole entire point of naming an agent and allowing them to work on your uh, to 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 do to conduct actions on your behalf yeah so oh, I, I do get this question too and thanks for the, that answer the my what what if i want a power of attorney but i don't want them to know about it that's a, that's a very good question no, sorry go ahead no that's so like i want to assign i'm let's say i'm not married and i want my brother to be my power of attorney and I don't want him to, I don't want him signing stuff if he gets into financial trouble or something like that and moving my money to wherever he wants. And I know, obviously, we talked about there could be action against that, but it would take some time and more money. Mm -hmm. um, what if I just didn't want him to know? Is that it is it is common. It's it's not as common as you think. And in, in your your situation is one of those rare circumstances when I might say, you know, okay, you don't want them to know, fine, don't tell them. What you do is you, you the, the power of attorney document itself, the, the the document that outlines who you've named as your agent, the person that's going to make decisions for you, and what authority they have. It's usually about 18 to 20 pages. Some of them are longer. And you you can just hold on to that and let the person who you've named as agent, you can let them know, hey. God forbid anything should happen to me. Here's where these documents are. They're on my shelf inside an envelope, right? Or they're at my attorney's office. And my attorney's been informed that should he or she receive information that, that something's happened to me, they are to immediately send this information to your brother, in, in, in your case, your brother. Okay, I'm, I'm instructed. So let's just say I'm your attorney. And you say, Neil, if anything happens to me, I want you to send my brother, David, or excuse me, <laughs> oh, your mom gave you the same name. Uh, <laughs> I want you to send my, <laughs> I want you to send my brother, Brian, my, my power of attorney. So he knows what to do. Okay. So I said, no problem. What's his email address? There you go. So then what I would find out, Hey, Dave's been in a car accident. God forbid, of course. I mean, he is not able to talk. And then at that point in time, I have, I obviously have it documented. I will then send that information to Brian, your brother, which, of course, you've already given me written authorization to be able to share information with him. Right? Yep. Well, yep. That's one way of doing it. You can have an attorney hold on to it until, until a specific yep. point in time, right? Or you can just simply tell your brother, hey, if anything happens to me, this is where you're going to find the information. You need to help me. I feel like most, most folks listening, or this would be me, is, Neil, how, how would you know? I feel like I'd have to tell my brother in that case, Brian, Brian, if something happens to me, reach out to Neil. That works too. Well, I think that works it, too. Because how would the attorney know that something, how would you know that I'm in a car accident? Yeah, you really, I mean, again, you wouldn't, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. You really wouldn't. So yeah, it, usually it's going to be somebody calling me and saying, Hey, something terrible is happening to my brother. He's, he's going to be okay, yeah. but he's not able to do anything. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. I have instructions for this right here. 
I'll go okay. ahead and send you the information you need. Now, that's a very clear cut, easy thing to say, right? Yep. Um, <laughs> excuse me. It's a very clear cut scenario. Things get right. very complicated when there's when there's when there's issues. Right? right. And this is this is why I tell people, you know, never, ever select an agent that you don't 100 percent trust. OK. Yep. Because the motto of these documents is it allows somebody it allows you to name somebody to essentially take control of your entire financial livelihood. Right. Yeah. But as as a result, that means it has the potential to do the most damage if you've picked the wrong person. And that's that's something I cannot say with. I can't say enough. Yeah. Yep. I, I've seen it, Neil, where I've had folks that want to name maybe a, a, a child, a grown child or an adult child as th- their child as a power of attorney. And I know that that person may not be the right person for that. So how, <laughs> and I, I can't tell them not to do it. Right. So you, you try to give your best advice and point some things out, but it's, uh, it's hard to overcome that when somebody wants potentially an irresponsible child or cousin or whoever it is to become their power of attorney. So do you ever run into that? And if you do, do you, do you have to tell people, like, if you're acting in a fiduciary capacity, do you have to tell people it may be a bad idea? It's more just, it's, it's more, yes. I mean, well, I don't have to tell them it's, but it's good advice, right. To do, yeah. you know, to say, look, make sure you pick somebody that, that you trust to do this. You know, I've, and I've written blogs about, okay, okay. It's, it's holiday time. You know, instead of talking about stuff, people all, you know, that people love talking about like politics and religion, everybody loves talking about, why don't you talk about who is going to take control of, of, uh, of, uh, excuse me, who's going to, uh, who's going to be in control of, you know, the finances or, or healthcare decision-making if God forbid something happens to you. You know, that's the best conversation to have. Right. But the one, when I say, you know, why do I say it, it should be done when everybody's together? Cause that's the best time. Right. So what you want to do is, is like, let's just say you have a family, you know, your family's visiting you at Christmas, right? Mom, dad, everybody's there, mom, dad, you and your brother, right? Everybody's sitting around and that's the time, you know, there's, there's a time when you're all going to sit by the fire if you're up North or if you're going to be sitting out at the beach, if you're down here uh, in Florida. And that's when you say, listen, we've made some decisions and we've picked the two of you to help us with certain aspects of our lives, should we not be able to, okay? So you say, okay, David, we're going to pick you. We picked you to be our, our, durable, our power of attorney, right? And you are going to make financial decisions on our behalf if we're not able to. Well, then all of a sudden you see Brian start sniffing a little bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and Brian's really upset. And, I, and my advice to people when I tell them to do this is that you, you cannot be afraid to hurt someone's feelings. This is one of the most important things that somebody is going to do for you, right? Say, Brian, I see you over there getting sniffly, right? You know, and just, just remember, we picked David because David has a degree in calculus from MIT. And Brian, we didn't pick you because you owe money to dangerous people, right? <laughs> so that's why we didn't pick you, okay? But you will be able to make healthcare decisions for us because you do have a background in medicine, right? You were a pharmaceutical sales rep. And so therefore we're going to allow you to make healthcare decisions for us, Brian, but please be okay with David. Make, you know, we're telling you, we're not asking you, you need to be okay with David making decisions for us when it comes to our finances. Those kind of conversations, David, are not easy to have. People do not like having them, but they are extraordinarily important. Where are there, what causes the most problems? Surprises surprises are what causes. I had no idea my sister was going to be able to take care of their finances. My sister has, you know, she's had 16 cars repoed. Why in the world would they have picked her? You know, there's a lot of times people pick their one children or another for with no rhyme or reason. 
They just do it. And I try to advise them completely against that. Because again, these documents give people a lot of authority and they have a lot and they have a very large potential to do serious damage. Yeah. I feel like if you had to put it in order, Neil, is it politics, religion, or talking about this stuff, which one ends the Christmas party the fastest? Probably this. <laughs> I mean, probably this, you know, and, and like I said, you know, this, that, that sort of that situation where you get invited to somebody's house and you're quickly disinvited when the conversation turns away that it shouldn't turn. Right. Cause you know, me, you and I are people that just avoid those type of, we, we're not going to have those conversations. We're not worried about that. We're going to talk about sports and fun things like that, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> but even that could get bad. Even that could get bad. You know? <laughs> it just depends, you know? So I figure, Hey, why not? Let's do have a little family bonding time over Who's going to make financial decisions for us? I'm telling you, David, there's nothing that's going to sober everybody up really quick other than who's going to get control of dad's 50 Cuda rands that he's been collecting for the last 16 years. You know, I mean, <laughs> what, especially what are those, with the Neil? price of gold. Oh, I, I know those. But what are those? Those are gold coins typically used <laughs> as an investment device. <laughs> Neil, with the proper definition. I love it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Stuff. You know, what we do is for our clients, at least we will send a video out to the beneficiaries or the power of attorney or the healthcare proxy person to hopefully let them know if, if, the, if our clients want us to do this, that, Hey, if anything ever happens, you can get a hold of Dave. It's just another point of contact and Dave can get you in touch with the attorney. And then at least it's this big ecosystem of, I guess, responsibility and taking care of things. So why don't you give us a couple horror stories if you can? Well, I, absolutely. And yeah. I know everybody's super eager to get to that. Um, but I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to I just want to make a comment about what you just said, because I think yep. that it's really important to have a well, I, I'd like to call it an elder caring network. Right. And and it's it's what is that? It's a network of people that are intimately familiar with the person's finances, their wishes, their desires, their family. You know, it, it's that it's the it's the uh, the holy trinity team, right? The financial advisor, the CPA and the attorney. All of us are together in the symbiotic relationship with the client. All three, you know, we all three share the client and we all know what their wishes are, what their family makeup is, what the what the do's and don'ts are. That that is extraordinarily important moving moving forward in, in our country, especially with so many people getting to the age where they're, you know, getting into that elderly age, you know, getting into that yeah. 70 plus population. You know. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So and what is it, ten thousand people a day are turning sixty-five right now? That's and what's uh, I think so. I don't listen, I'm not and I'm I'm very careful about making wholehearted factual statements. I don't like getting fact checked, but well, I'm going to take your word for it. I think you're right, though. I think that I've heard that. I'm before. sure it's not exactly ten thousand every day, by the way. Pretty folks, darn close, but, but it's got to be close. So what that means is, I mean, we've never seen this before in the history of our country or any country or mm. the demographics aging the way that they are. Um, what is it? Seventy million people are taking Social Security right now. They That's never thought that was going to happen when Social Security was set up. By the way, what was it? Nineteen thirty-four. The life expect it was you're supposed to get it at 65. The life expectancy was only 62. Incredible. So the, the reason I say that is we never thought that these demographic shifts would happen the way that they have. And as, as a mass population, if we don't have these documents and this estate planning stuff and all these other things taken care of, it's going to create major issues all over the place. And well, you know, and I, I kind of wonder sometimes whether, you know, I've heard that before too. So that the average, when they created social security, the average age was 62, the average life expectancy was 62 and the average age of retirement, you know, the, the age at which is you could pull 
you know, Social Security was 65, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. You know, I, I imagine when everybody found out about that, they probably felt the same way you and I feel when we get to a hotel and we find out we have to pay extra for parking. You know, <laughs> we're not happy about it. You, you can't tell me there's not some sort of scam going on here. You know what I mean? But anyways. I don't know if they knew it would, it would backfire at any point. So. I, who, who knew? I mean, those, <laughs> yeah. especially at that time, it was, it was a very severe financial crisis. Of course. So again, I, we're, we're keeping people waiting here. Neil, this is people sorry, love to commiserate. Yeah. People love to commiserate, yeah, they right? They love to hear the stories and they love to hear. I mean, it's, it's terrible to say, but a lot of people enjoy hearing other, I'll say it this way, other folks' mistakes so that they don't make the same mistakes. That's so right. If you could give us one, two, three, five, I don't know, 20 of those in the next sure. 10 minutes, go ahead. <laughs> sure, sure. Sure. There's, there's, there's situ- now, mind the fact that a lot of this is going to be changed for privacy purposes. Yep. Okay. And, you know, obviously for confidentiality purposes. Oh, you have real stories. This is great. All right. Well, yeah, it's based, they're based off of real stories, right? Okay. You know, gotcha. So, yep. anyways, let's just say you have a family, right? An elderly mother and a father, that the mother and a father, you know, that mother and father, they have, they have three children, right? Three adult children, and they all themselves have, you know, children themselves. So that, you know, you have a whole three generations. And let's just say you have the mother and father both have been terrified of moving into an uh, assisted living facility. They want to age in place. They want to age in the home. It's a very common, oh, yeah. uh, it's a very common desire, right? I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not a fan of having to go someplace that's not my home and wait it out until the sun sets. But either way, so you, you, the, the, they're terrified of having to go into this facility, right? And there's a savvy child that knows that. And so that child one day goes to, goes to the mother and the father and say, hey, I don't know if you know this, but my, my siblings are planning on putting you into an ALF. But let me tell you this. If you put me in charge, if you name me as your power of attorney, as your agent, I'll make sure that never happens. So you can't put them in charge. They're going to do it but I'll make sure you age in place, right? I'm, so name me as your power of attorney, right? So, you know, why, why is my voice changed into this sinister sounding, <laughs> sounding speech? Because it was extraordinarily sinister, right? So at, that, at the point in time where this, these two individuals, these, the elderly couple was told this, they went ahead and did it. And nobody in the family had any idea, right? They were a very close-knit family. And so what ends up happening? So they named their child, their, their, their adult child, their power of attorney. And this power of attorney slowly starts to isolate them, slowly starts to cut off contact, right? Shuts down access to them, you know, starts, you know, wow. taking over bank accounts, right? Starts changing beneficiary designations on the accounts, which you're allowed to do in, in certain states. In Florida, if you, give, if you specifically give somebody the authority, right, it's called the special powers provisions, if you give them the authority to change beneficiary designations by initialing by that by that power, they can they have it. They have wow. it. Yep. So when I said it has the 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 potential to do the most damage, this is what we're talking about here. So all these things are changed, right? And you know, all these beneficiary designations are changed. The the, the power of attorney, essentially the, the elderly couple's, the, you know, her parents' house for like eight hundred thousand dollars less than it was worth. Oh, jeez. So and by the time all this happened and everybody figured out what was going on, it was too late because one of the, one of the parents had died. And then yeah. there, was just the, there was just the surviving parent left over who, and, and that poor person had no idea what day of the week it yeah. was. Yeah. And so, you know, it, 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 essentially the entire estate planning apparatus was changed by that power of attorney. 
right? Because it wasn't the wills. It wasn't the will that was the problem. It was the trust because powers of attorney don't have the ability to mess around with a will, but they do with trust. And especially, again, remember when I told you that you have to execute a specific authority for somebody to change beneficiary designations? It's the same way with trust. You have to specifically give them the ability to to create trust, amend trust, revoke trust, et cetera. And of course, that person was given all those powers. Okay. And so the, everybody was basically locked out of, of the, and it was a decent size estate. It was, it was over. That's, that's life-changing for anybody. So, and it was, nobody realized what was going on until it was all said and done. Well, yeah. Who's tracking that? So my question, if I'm listening might be, and there's no way an attorney like yourself would even know this if mom and dad and then this sinister child show up and say, Hey, here's what we want. Here's what you need to tell them. How would the attorney even know? Because my first thought is how the attorney allow this to happen, but there's no way you'd know. So I have, I have actually a longstanding rule, right? If, if somebody shows up with parents and they are insistent that their parents want to name them as the sole heir of their estate, I pretty much send them packing. That's, I'm not interested in having my files subpoenaed and having to go to depositions in any kind of, you know, a probate litigation. You know what I mean? That's, that's a practical decision that every attorney needs to make for their, you know, in their yeah. own practice. But it's one that I've, it's a pretty hard, fast rule that I've decided to, to, to stand by. So, you know, for me, it's, it really doesn't happen. I just say, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not interested in doing that yeah. uh, because it tears families apart. It tears them apart. Now, if it's an existing client and I know about their family situation and they right. just, they haven't spoken, I know they haven't spoken to their children in 20, it's a different story. I mean, they're, I know right. the person. Right. Um, we face the same thing. You know, I've had people change beneficiaries and powers of attorney, right? Everything's in place. They could change, try to change a beneficiary and they can. I've, just, I've sat with those elderly parents, for example, and just look them in the eye and say, do you actually want this? Do you know this is happening? Do you want this? Yeah. yeah. And because for most of our clients, at least I, I know what they, for the most part, what they do and don't want on there. And if something fishy is going on. So that's well, interesting. You know, and it's, it's in that, in that particular situation too, you know, it's usually a child that, you know, as, as the other children in the situation would say to be, they're very, they're very dominating. They're very, you know, overpowering, you know what I mean? And so it, it, it's, if you're not in that scenario, you really don't know. Right. Cause of course you and I might think dominating. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm, I'm going to handle this. You know, right, right. but unless you're there, you just don't know. Right. You, you, you know, you're not a, the family dynamic. You, we're not in it. We're kept out of it. So we don't see what's going on until until all the dust is settled. Yeah. And, and, and that's why it's, you know, and, and really whispering in somebody's ear that was terrified of going to an ALF, that everybody else in your family would love nothing more than to, th- than to throw you into these facilities and lock the key, you know, and lock, you know, lock the door and throw away the key. I mean, it's it's really it's cruel. Quite frankly, it's very cruel, you know, and especially with, look, if they had money, I'm telling you, I, there are some ALFs out there that I'd rather move into than where I'm living now. You know what I'm saying? I don't live in a bad place at all. I mean, so <laughs> that's the point, right? But there are, let's not forget that these are individuals that, that, that grew up in a time, you know, and, and people that are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, where you know, when you would retire, unless you had oodles and oodles and oodles of money, it wasn't the nicest place to go, you know? Now right. it, it's resort living. I mean, it's like going to Disney World half the time with some of these places. So, you know, they, they, you know, but you get it. Look, I mean, I, I have I have great sympathy and I'm getting a little off topic. So forgive me for people that want to age in place, age in home. So I, I get that. Yeah. But, and you know, and I know how darn expensive that is, because at some point in time where those individuals are going to need that extra care, they're going to need it. And that very, very large amount of money. 
Yeah. Which brings in different, even types of financial planning stuff. Right. So yeah. do, do you have any more stories like that for us? We, yeah, got, we have time for one, one more. Give, give us sure, one there's more. another one. Yeah. And this is actually one you see often, right? You have a person that's actually in the ALF, right? They pulled the trigger and decided to go in the ALF. They don't want to deal with it. Right. Hey, Neil, Neil, what's an ALF? Tell everybody what an ALF is. Oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. No, it's an assisted living facility. There you go. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. So you have a person that's in this assisted living facility and they, they named a child. They had more than one child. They named a child as their power of attorney. And that power of attorney was doing some things on the side that they shouldn't have been doing. And the other two siblings found out and they went to the facility to, to talk to their parent. Uh, and their parent was, you know, they had some cognitive issues and um, some deficits. And so that parent was, but they, they were, they were, you know, they have, a, they had enough cognition to understand exactly what those kids were saying yeah. to them. Right. Which is, yep. Hey, a uh, child over here is, is messing around with your finances. So what ended up happening is that, that, that power of it, the person who was the power of attorney caught wind of it. And that power of attorney told that assisted living facility to ban, ban their siblings from seeing their mother, because it's causing their, you know, their mother, all sorts of, uh, you know, trauma, stress and, yep. and uh, emotional discomfort, et cetera. You know, so, and it, what ended up happening was <laughs> the other, th- the two siblings had to file for a guardianship, right? They had to file for a guardianship, you know, a court proceeding because of the actions of the power of attorney. And that costs a lot of money, a lot of time. You know, when in reality, these powers of attorney documents, those are designed to, to, to prevent you from having to have a guardian. You've already named somebody to make decisions for you, right? You don't need a court to put somebody in that position to make those decisions for you. So that's, that's, that, that, that particular situation happens actually a lot. The really? moment, the moment you cut off communication, information, access, someone's going to talk to an attorney. I am telling you, I have had, I get at least one to two calls a week, you know, oh. the, on average, right? It's not every oh. week, but you know, it feels like one to two a week where someone says, my brother or my sister has cut off my ability to talk to my mother. I said, okay, what's how, what's going on? Well, my mother's at an assisted living facility, this one over here. And they are, they are the the director or the executive director is not allowing me to see my mother it's saying my, my, my brother has forbade me from seeing my mother. Cause I caused my mother trauma or stress or, or emotion. You know, she gets upset when I leave and it's a tough spot for them to be in. They don't know what to do. And some of these facilities, I mean, a power of attorney doesn't really have the authority to tell an ALF to ban people from seeing their parents. Right. But, th- but these facilities, they don't, you know, they're not the wiser. They're just trying to, Hey, 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 they're the person in charge. I'm just trying to, we don't want to get sued. We, we, you know, we don't want anybody to bring a lawsuit against us. So they they feel like their hands are tied. That's why it is extraordinarily important to make sure that the person you pick to be your agent is the right person, a person who's not going to do that. You know, it's, it's not good. I, I, you could talk to 20 of my colleagues around here. And they'll probably tell you the same exact thing I'm telling you that they have those calls on a weekly basis. That's interesting. I, I actually have not heard that happen yet, but I don't, I don't get those stories. Usually I just get the financial stuff. And um, it, it, it shatters the family, whatever cohesion that family had. Uh, and again, I mean, who knows how much cohesion they had if that's what's going on, but whatever happened, it's gone. It is done. It is shattered. They are no longer a family anymore. And essentially everybody's declaring war at that point. And attorneys are ready. I mean, hey, we're ready. If you got to, you know, listen, yeah. David, I, this is my motto. If people got along, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> true. And you know what? And for the sake of that, and I don't mean to be self-aggrandizing if I sound like it, if everybody did start getting along tomorrow, I'll find something else to do. I like what I do. 
But for the sake of everybody getting along, I'd find something else to do. You know? <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'll drive a NASCAR or something. I don't know. You know, who knows? <laughs> so, uh, all right. I have two more questions for you. One is if somebody needs to update powers of attorney mm-hmm. or any specific power of attorney, where do they begin? That's hey, the question there that you ask is 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 an interesting one. So anytime you are moving from one state to another state and you have documents, call a local attorney and ask them to review those documents for you. Okay. So if you have a if you have a trust, a will, power of attorney, a healthcare surrogate, whatever they're calling them in the state that you can't that you're moving from. Call up a local attorney and say, "Hey, would you mind reviewing these documents for me?" I, w- my firm doesn't charge, you know, a consult fee for that. I know a lot of firms around here don't either. I yep. think I do a little bit better job than they do, but that's just, you know, you, know. <laughs> you have a lot uh, of people moving too, right? So, that's correct. There's a lot of people moving, so so you know, call a local elder law attorney or an attorney that does estate planning, and say, "Hey, would you mind reviewing my documents for me?" And most likely, what they're going to say is, "Hey, I recommend you update it to the, you know, this state's documents." It's just going to be a lot easier if somebody needs to act on your behalf, you know, because you're going to take that document over to, you know, name whatever big bank you want to. They're going to throw it over to legal for seven or eight days. It's a heck of a lot easier if that document is in conformity with the laws of the, of the state that you're moving in. It doesn't mean that, you're, that your old documents are going to be invalid. It doesn't mean that. It just, it just can cause some hiccups that you don't need. Yeah. So what, well, I guess with, with the power of attorney thing, what, what, how often should somebody review it? Well, you know, if, so if, if, Every five years, I think, is a good okay. is a good is a good time frame. You know, I mean, Florida did their last. I'm giving Florida as an example. We Florida did their last overhaul on their power of attorney statute in 2011. They haven't really done many tweaks or, or changes since then, but still, it's a good idea. Five years, every five years, just to, yeah, to see what's very. Going on. And for the listeners, I think you know this. Very, very, very few people review this stuff every five years. Oh, no yeah. one. I mean, very, yeah, no, it's, it's almost no, <laughs> I wanted to say no one, but I'm not allowed to say that. Right. I can't guarantee anything or give absolute. So I'll say very, Yeah, very, it's like, very, a, yeah. What did I, what did I tell you on the last podcast as an attorney, David, I can only wish you, but in no way guarantee you a pleasant That's day. Right. That's right. That's right. So I have one more question for you, Neil, just because we mentioned at the very beginning, and I don't think anybody knows what this is. Well, I can't say that either. Right. Very, very few people know what this is. What, when you say that your practice area is unlawful detainer, wh- what is that? So <laughs> think of, think of uh, let's just say that you decided to go visit your wife's parents, right? Because you, you like your in-laws and you go up there and you, you just drop, all, drop your bags and you decide to stay. You're there for about three, four weeks. Okay. Maybe a little bit longer. This sounds amazing. And uh, I, hey, I'm glad you get along with your in-laws that well. That's awesome. My, my mother-in-law is great too. So, but, um, so you decide to stay there five, six weeks and they say, look, Dave, we're, we're thinking it's time for you to go. Okay. Cause you know, you're, you're, it's, it's getting a little crazy. You know, you got friends over here doing donuts in the front yard. We, we just can't have this. And so you say, I don't want to leave. You know, I don't want, I'm not leaving. And you refuse to leave. So depending on the time frame, your, your wife's parents had, have inadvertently created kind of a, a sort of interest in property, you know, on your behalf, you know, it's like a lease without a lease. And in order to get you to go, you're basically, for lack of a better word at this point, David, a squatter. Okay. And I got, and they got to get rid of you. They, so they, they can't go trespass, to, right? They can't say I'm trespassing or shooting. I mean, they me can anything. certainly, well, <laughs> okay. Well, that, listen, <laughs> I, I'm, listen. Listen, I know my in-laws. That's why I know this is Florida. And you know what I mean? And some, for some people, the solution to that problem is to, is, is to use a firearm, but I'm not going to recommend that to anybody. It's not safe <laughs> anyways, but uh, you know, it, it, they may have to resort to a court proceeding. 
Okay. It's, it's, you know, think of it as you need to evict a tenant, but this person's never paid rent before. And as a matter of fact, this person is, is racking up cable bills because they're subscribing to every streaming service known to, known to uh, humanity. <laughs> okay. And it's just, it's no good. It's just no good. So, you know, it's, it's essentially eviction, but um, without the existence of a, of a lease agreement or, or rental payments, you know? So how long do I have to stick it out at my in-laws before they would have to take it to court? It just, it depends. Okay. It's really going to depend, right? It, it, you know, it's, it's going to depend. It, you know, it, yeah. it really, usually what happens is the, the person calls me and says, I can't believe I can't get my son out of here. The sh- I called the sheriff and the sheriff said, eh, it's been here a while. You're going to have to go through a court proceeding. And that's where I come in. I, I've never heard of this, but I, I'm imagining I'm at minimally going to threaten my in-laws with this for a better Christmas present or something this year. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't get a lot of, I don't get a lot of requests for it, but it, it, you can imagine in Florida with the, with the large elderly population and you have, Hey mom, I'm between jobs right now. I'm outdoors. You know what I mean? But I'm parking cars over at the local Marina Jack, but look, can I just stay here and shag up for a little bit? Cause rents are super high, you know? And one thing leads to another. And now all of a sudden you got to resort to a court action to get your son out of there because again, he's, he's subscribing to, you know, Disney plus and Netflix and stuff. You don't even want to watch, you know? It's time to go. So don't mess with the TV programming, right? I'm t- hey, listen, man, the binge watch is important. And don't, don't play games with that. All right. Cable's expensive enough. That's right. So, all right, Neil, listen, we appreciate your time. I think there are a lot of folks that would actually enjoy a meeting with, with an attorney like yourself with the, at least it's not a boring meeting for sure. How, how do people get a hold of you? Sure. They can, they can, they can get me on my email at uh, NTL at LG injury firm. Dot com. My bosses do personal injury. I do the estate planning side of things. Yeah, sounds like a good partnership. Neil, we appreciate your time, sir. We we'll hope to have you back again. There's There are endless amounts of stories that we could talk about, but we'll stop it's it a there pleasure, for today. Dave. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Folks, you can find us at www.sixpointfp.com or you can find me, David Pulsini, CFP on LinkedIn. But for now, make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the Dear Rochester Retire Well podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Six Point Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative and educational purposes only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of Six Point Financial Partners. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Six Point Financial Partners or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Six Point Financial Partners, 
and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.